baptizing my baby. Welcome to the Vinyl Preacher. I am Matt Cadle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles uh, in various campus ministries in the greater LA area. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. And we have a special guest with us today. What? Adam Burnt. Adam, hello. Welcome to the pod. Oh, uh, thank you. Where are, you here? where are you serving? Tell us about your, uh, your context. Where are you serving? Sure, I'm the lead pastor at Cross of Hope Lutheran Church and Schools uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the greater Rocky Mountain Synod of the ELCA. Lead uh, pastor, man. Lead pastor. It distinguishes me from my part-time colleague. Is he the fo- <laughs> is, is your colleague the following pastor? No, he is the pastor. <laughs> oh, he's just the pastor, okay. Because I'm looking for a call to be a follower. That's Never just the pastor. I don't want to have to make decisions <laughs> in life. So if there's a follower pastor position, I'd, I'd like to submit an application. So uh, we're dragging Adam away from his lead pastor duties to help us figure out a question that we are wrestling with. So Zach and I, Zach has his child on the pod today, also a special guest. Zelma, will you introduce yourself? <laughs> she's <laughs> she's intimidated by the Yeti. Try to, I eat the microphone. <laughs> That's an awesome uh, microphone punch there. Uh, so Zach and I have both had kids in the last, uh, I don't know, within the last year. And we need to baptize these little ones. And Adam, you already have experience doing this. How do we baptize our children? <laughs> That's a question that we are. How far back do we go when a man loves a woman? <laughs> that's the first step. Okay. Okay. That's where that's where we're starting. Um, so that I happens like at I, the baptism. <laughs> I feel like one of the reasons that we're struggling is. Uh, Maybe not struggling. Maybe you're not struggling, Zach. Oh, I, but struggle. I just, like, Massive struggle. Like, um, you know, it's one of these situations where, like, your professional life and your personal life start to overlap in some really profound and also potentially challenging ways. Um, so, like, we have, yeah, like, so we have certain ideas about baptism that we like to teach and I think are important. But then... And it's like it parallels that move from seminary to the parish, right? Where you get all these ideas in seminary and then you get in the parish and it's like, all right, okay, let's figure out how this works in real life. And then it takes on a whole new dimension when it becomes your own life, right? <laughs> Where you can try to tell other people this is a good way to do it. But then when it becomes about your own life, how do you make that reality? I think we're wondering about some of those questions. Do you want to add anything there, Z? Yeah, no, I, um, I agree uh, I'd feel really confident baptizing other people or other people's kids. It feels completely different when it's my own child and like what the... I have, I don't know if you, get, if you know this, Matt, or listening public, I have a number of insecurities uh, in my life. And so baptizing my own kid is, uh, is a place I encounter all of those insecurities, right? The thing I really want to avoid, as I want to yeah. avoid like in any other baptism, right, is have, it, have the, the service be like the Zach show. So I'm pretty sure that's not what it's supposed to be, but how is it not going to like me and my family are probably going to be fairly involved in the, in the service here. So, Oh, how do we walk that line? I'm going to flip that a little bit. So I thought we might start here. If that's the thing that you want to avoid, what's the thing that you want to, um, and this is a horrible word to use in a Lutheran context, but what do you want to achieve? So like, what's, what's the most important thing to you about baptism? Probably each of us could share that just like briefly what's the most important thing um at this point to you about baptism about a baptismal service immersion immersion (laughs) full immersion and is that because uh you want to communicate like death and resurrection is that like a really correct correct the fullness the way the baptism fully embraces all of who we are uh, you know, I think you need a big symbol for a big, uh, big thing. That's I think that's another level, uh, another layer of, of, of struggling with it, right, is uh, a Lutheran pastor and a Lutheran pastor who's really into baptism uh, and thinks it's so important. This feel it is important, right? It feels important and, and it feels like that adds a little uh, pressure to get it right. Because that's what baptism is about—getting it right. What a paradox! What a paradox! 
you would have enjoyed it. I had a, uh, like a conversation with my musician yesterday. He was looking at the Kevin Strickland conference that's going to be out here. Oh, and where it talks mm-hmm. about like, he's, and it's like, it talks about the bath and the table. And my musician, who's like really steeped, he grew up Episcopalian. And like, he's like, what are they talking about? What's the bath? And like, he's like, what the, <clears throat> what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's like how they talk about baptism. He's like, what? And they use bath. He's like, I'm like, you know, like washing away your sin. You know, like you can talk about like washing. He's like, no, you got to go all the way under. Like he was like, this is, this is like death and resurrection. He started like going, and I'm like, oh, okay. So he's kind I of like, I feel like for me, I don't know. Like, I think at this point it's about, for me, it's about like, um, becoming a part of, I'm going to use the term, the family of God. I know that that's not always, we don't always just use the term family, but at least in my context, that really resonates. So becoming a part of something that's larger than yourself and larger than your blood family. Um, and I do think that there's, that's like doctrinally consistent. Um, but yeah, like becoming a part of that like larger thing. And so, so the thing that, that's the thing that I want to somehow this to express um, the thing that I'd want to, that I want to avoid, like kind of like you being the Zach show. And for me, it's like being like the, my family show. Cause now my family is like, when's the baptism? We all want to come out for it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's going to be really weird. Like, and especially in my context where it's like, there's this white family and now all the other people are watching you guys, like this little show for yourself. <laughs> Somehow it needs to connect with mm-hmm. uh, something larger than just my family. Right. Um, but then the other thing I want to avoid, honestly, I did the big Easter vigil thing last year and it was so stressful. I've, I, I've never been that stressed out in my life. And so I also want to figure out how I can actually like enjoy this thing and not just have it be a pure stress ball. <laughs> you know? How can yeah, it so be couple- stressful? The, my extended family is all flying in here in a couple weeks and right? I'm going to organize a way bigger service than we normally have on Sunday nights. It's going to be so easy. Also, my well, board so, retreats the day before. Sorry, Adam. A couple of things from that. Um, uh, no, when one would be, and Zach, you're going to have to translate for your community because as far as uh, campus pastor, I'm not sure how that, how that goes. But, you know, to, to make it not the Zach show, you know, you, you have to also understand, and I think, Matt, you were getting to this a little bit, that the community is genuinely excited to be a part of that. Um, and so yeah, I understand the the, the Zach show. Um, I mean, it's a good show. Well, sure, no doubt, no doubt, it's a good show. Um, but they they genuinely want to be a part of that. And so for 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 me, why I did I did not baptize either of my children. I have a three year old and a f- almost five month old, both of which have been baptized around four months or so and I didn't baptize either of them because for me it was important and this goes to your point Matt to be a father and to to observe and to be a part of that and to make the promises uh, and to take on the responsibilities that that the Lutheran liturgy invites of the uh, the parents and so I you know I didn't want the stress of baptizing my own kids and so for me some of that took took it away from me being the Adam show um, and, and a allowed me to participate in a different way, which was a tremendous blessing. Now, granted, in, in my context, both times I had the blessings of having colleagues. Uh, my, uh, Pastor Gail Heike at Our Saviors in, in Arlington Heights, uh, she was a natural part of the staff. So I asked her to baptize Addison or more to point my wife and I. And then my sister is uh, was ordained last summer. And so she we asked her to fly in and uh, baptize Bennett. Um, and so, you know, I also had the, the, the luxury of having that as an option. And I know that's not always the case, but for, for me, that, that, or for us, that was important. And then, um, oh, the other thing, yeah, was just the community piece and, and just the, the idea that, you know, baptism is an act of the community, an act of God in the, the presence of the, the community. And so, you know, yeah, they're going to be watching you, but they're an active part uh, in that. As you know, I think from our seminary days, you remember, I forget who it was, but they, they, were, they would talk about the strongest symbol of God is the gathered assembly. That's why we don't do baptisms uh, or at least I don't primarily in, in private. I, you know, we, we don't do private baptisms because we, uh, we lift up the, the role of the community in that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
I have so many follow-up questions. Sure. <laughs> so that's really helpful, Ed, because that was definitely one of my questions, like who who baptizes, who does the baptism? And you had um, a colleague or your sister, um, somebody else do it. Um, I'm still, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure that piece out. I've got them both on the table, right? And looking at pros and cons. But Zach, yours is coming up in three weeks. So what are you doing? Have you, I have no have idea. You made that <laughs> no, no, I've been waiting for this podcast. <laughs> really? Yes. See, my trouble is I have tell us about your process. What are you thinking about? Oh my gosh, my process. See, my trouble is I have I have too many options, right? Uh, see, part of my problem is that that my father-in-law is a Lutheran pastor. He'll be here. Uh, I work with very closely with an Episcopal priest, uh, where we do all our stuff, right? And then, in my kind of the course of my job, I have just. Um, Lots of I've worked really closely with with uh, ordained folks across the church uh, who are very good friends and are, are here locally and stuff. So I don't even know how to decide who to ask and like what the etiquette is and like who is going to be offended or not offended. Like you asked about the etiquette uh, question, you know, within the, la- the last couple of weeks uh, as we as we text back and forth. And I don't know that there is a qu- an etiquette to it. I think m- the majority of folks assume that you're going to baptize your own kid, uh, which some some want to do, I think. And that and there's nothing wrong with that. For, for Laura and I, it was just it was a choice that we wanted to be parents because we had the opportunity to be parents. And so I think at that point, you just ask who you want. I mean, Zach, for me, the father-in-law is the win-win because he gets he gets the blessing of baptizing his grand grandbaby and uh you score points with him and so you know there's there, it's, it's it's win all over there sadly it's not win-win it's win-win <laughs> lose um if if you were to baptize your own child do yeah. you ask yourself questions in the liturgy how does that how does that work yes yeah, and i yeah you would um Boy, I, you know, since I didn't, I always stepped out of that. I never considered it. I would ask Hannah, I would assume. <laughs> I then, like it. We're going to put all the responsibility on her. <laughs> yeah. Just so we're all yeah, clear. It is. It's, it's kind of a. I think you'd have to have like a representative of the community ask it, right? Like, right. I feel like that's what you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were going to go that route. Because yeah. you're going to, you're going to, you're we're going to do the the immersion of Zelma, but you could yeah the, you could break the liturgy up. That's what I did with with Maggie and then I, my colleague for the etiquette piece. My, mm-hmm. my colleague Pastor Matt Powell, who's at our, who's at Cross of Hope with me, um, I didn't want to leave him out, and so we split up the liturgy. So Maggie did the baptizing, but he asked the renunciations, he invited oh, the creed, and okay. he did some of the puppet pieces. So I think the the liturgy does lend itself well, Matt, as you point out, to um, bringing in folks to do some of the other parts and. And that's where you could you could you could toe the line between some of your uh, ordained colleagues that you work with closely in the region. If you wanted to, you know, involve a couple of them, you you have that opportunity. I think. What part? So what part did you do when you? What part of the liturgy did you lead? Oh, um, I preached at both of my uh, kids' baptism, and that was primarily because I had family coming in, like you, like sounds like you do, that don't always get a chance to hear me preach. And so it's a little, yeah, it's a little uh, egotistical, but then there's a little egotistical part of all of us pastors, I think. Yeah, I feel pretty, like, I feel pretty certain that I'm going to preach because because yeah. the, the circumstances are going to be a little different for, for me and for us, right? Because we're going to have... Our student community that normally worships on Sunday night and gathers, but also the family piece. But then also, right, we're inviting a lot of the local congregations who are involved in campus ministry and stuff, right? So, yeah, Matt just threw up. Fundraising opportunity. Well done. Oh, is that is that we will take an offering that night? Uh, <laughs> so I do want to take advantage of having all those folks there that night. You know, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. Uh-huh. How much can you break it up? Can you break up the Trinitarian part of the baptism? Can he Whoa! Is it illegal? Is it illegal? Well, I mean, you're, you're keep in mind. I know you're just asking. You're you're just asking that um, kind of flippantly. But I mean, you, you remember we. We proclaim, we proclaim deeply God as the actor here in this in this sacrament. And so I, you know, if if as long as there's a good good uh, reasoning behind it, if you know, if you have three people do three parts of the baptism, uh, you know, 
I, 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 I think it'd be neat. It would be like, like my Episcopal colleagues, they co-preside at the table. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good answer, Adam. This is why we called him. Like, God is the actor? That's such a, that's great, man. Wow. Wow. Love it. No wonder you're a lead pastor. <laughs> we got oh, nice lead pastor me. wisdom today. <laughs> um, another question. Can I ask another follow-up question? Sure. Okay, we were talking about, like, making the community, making the wider community a part of it. Yeah. And having it. Um, you got to invite Mayor sure. Garcetti. Yeah, I know, right? So, like, which dignitaries do I invite? <laughs> um, so, like, so how do we involve the wider community? And I know there are some pretty basic ways to do that, but one way that, what do y'all do about godparents? Mm. Do you, right? Because some folks, I mean, in my family, like, it was mostly, my brother did, like, mostly family. I'm, I'm a godparent for them, right? Like, mostly family, mostly outside of the church, godparents. Yeah. Um, and yet I often, like, I often will teach, hey, you should consider choosing at least one godparent that's from the, that's from the church community, right? Just kind of make that connection. Um, but do I do that as a pastor? I mean, so what, what do you guys think about that? How do you, how do you think about godparents and sponsors as a pastor? Yeah. I mean, so for, for me, in my, in my experience, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's time to get your, your, either your family members or your friends. And, um, the preference would be that it, it's someone of at least formidable Christian faith, because I mean, when you look at when you look at what their their responsibilities are uh, that they that they proclaim at baptism, that they take on at baptism, you know, it's to it's to pray for them, it's to support them in their life and faith. I mean, the, 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 some of the questions that I used to get was, you know. This, this concern that, oh, if the parents died, you become legal guardians. No, godparents and sponsors don't have any legal bearing over these kids. It's, 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 but they are to look out for the life of faith, to support the parents in fulfilling those responsibilities. So, you know, a brother who hasn't darkened the door of, of a worshiping community or a community of faith in you know 15 years is not the strongest choice when you talk about uh, ritual honesty. But at the same time, you know, is it our responsibility to say no? No, but you know, that's what that's what. I, so my some of my current struggles with baptism is is the is the baptismal prep, and that's what I'm kind of working on in my own life and career right now is is, is both prep and follow up. I think I have the day down uh, pretty well as far as. Uh, walking through it in my own reflection and prayer life and things. And that's always evolving. But uh, uh, I, I get um, I get accused of being a sacramental preacher sometimes. So baptism and communion are always uh, up in my, in my sermons. But um, uh, yeah. so how and, and since, since largely this has been on a personal level for, 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 for both questions on godparent sponsors and um, and preacher, or, or who's going to baptize, rather. I would say, before anything else, talk to your spouse. So talk to Christina, talk to Hannah, and, and, and what, what are their thoughts? Because, you know, again, as much as you don't want it to be the Zach show or the Matt show or the Matt's family show, um, in, in, you know, do it as a family, do it as a couple, you know, because Laura, Laura in my experience, she had some, some ideas for, for godparents that I – would not have gone to right away and they were perfect you know and you know and think about it. so um just my story again since you asked and it may or may not be helpful um the best man at my wedding russell bloom is his name he you guys know him from my wedding but uh he, i stayed in the hotel uh, room with him yeah, one night that's right he um he is a he's the music director at a united methodist church in state college and so i mean you know church and faith is a big part of his life and uh we knew he would he would not only adore our kids but he would um he would look after them as well and, and, and follow through very deeply and when it came to bennett we thought of, we kind of thought around around similar lines and we asked a couple from my old parish in, in Arlington Heights at Our Saviors, uh, who we who we um, we visit a couple times a year. We've we've remained good friends. And so, but again, there, you know, I got him in working with the youth there. Uh, she is a faithful choir member, and just so we knew, we knew what you know their relationship with God. 
and their their investment and love for our family and ours for them and it just beca- it became natural when we when we just started reflecting in that manner toward that uh, you know so because my my natural thought was to go for family members I thought it would be Laura's sisters or, or, or mine in some capacity and so when, when when she immediately went elsewhere it made total sense but I wasn't expecting that and so I'd say talk to your talk to your, your spouse and uh, and you know give it some thought and reflection towards uh, you know, again, ways to include the, the broader community as well. I Matt, I love the piece about the local community and asking somebody from the local community. If you feel comfortable with that, so be it. I'm, just practically, Bennett's, uh, you know, for, for Bennett, we, we were only here for uh, a little more than a year. And so we didn't really have any, we could ask someone, but you know, the lasting relationship, I just, we, we, didn't, we didn't know yet. Yeah. No, that's really helpful though, because that was the, I think that's the piece we're wrestling with. Like we've talked about some names, but um, but what are the what are the potential pitfalls of asking a a church member? But you guys went with the church member from a previous a previous call. That's a really wow wow. I hadn't even thought about that possibility. Yeah, and then, no, it was it was less about the the fact that it was from a previous call and more about our relationship as a couple sure. and yeah. the, knowing again their their investment and love for our kids and their ability to follow through on those baptismal promises. They, you know, we knew they would all both take it seriously. Um, yeah. And they did. Yeah. I didn't know if you meant uh, when you said that we've been talking, whether you meant you and Christina or you and Zach, the podcast <laughs> duo. <laughs> no, me and my spouse. Yeah, I don't think the previous congregation thing is going to work very well for me. You're a local news icon out there. That's right. You're That's a local right, news man. legend. Former semi regular columnist in the Bakersfield, California. That's right. Foot washing, ashes, dogs. Is am I right in in thinking remembering that there's not like in at least in like the ELW there's not uh, the liturgy doesn't include godparents? Sponsors. No, it does. They just they call them sponsors, sponsors. now for whatever okay. reason. Well, I mean it's way more Are helpful. Make... <laughs> yeah, a, I mean so from a catechumenate yeah. sort of perspective. Well, yeah, yeah like. You call them godparents or sponsors. You think those things are interchangeable? Do you have strong feelings on this? And more importantly than your strong feelings, how are you going to live it out in three weeks? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, mm, I think the trouble, because I went through this once. The trouble is the the kind of load, the culturally loaded. Uh, the cultural weight that godparents carries over sponsors. It was a big deal to my mom that we be, uh, uh, Hannah and I be godparents to my brother's first son. And I wasn't in charge of the liturgy, at least on a family side. In in, in my family and, and Hannah's family are all in the South. Uh, the cultural significance of baptism is... Uh, the weight of that I've felt throughout this process. Uh, there was some significant, uh, there were folks who were disappointed that we're not bringing our daughter back to North Carolina to baptize her. For convenience or because, or for some like back, bring her back home kind of thing? Yeah, I think more, certainly more convenient well, for, for more folks, uh, but the bring her back home thing I think was the. And is it back home to a family church? Yeah, ish. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I still, I still think in you know, as 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 much as we, as much as culturally, you know, we've changed. Um, there are still a lot of folks who will go back and be married, go back and be buried. You know, there's a family church no matter where life takes them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've run into that a few times. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. No, that's like that's like St. Mark's, right? Where people will like live else. They live in New York mm-hmm. City, and they'll call me and be like, mm-hmm. "We're gonna be in town. Can we do a baptism?" Yeah. <laughs> like, Right, but that's because it's the family church. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, and so I mean, I think I mean for me in my particular place and context, this is a really uh, a nice opportunity for students who don't regularly encounter birth and death to use this ritual to to reveal to to all of us the the fullness of what we're doing here uh, and yeah. the and the stuff we're doing. 
because you also as a pastor that are modeling it for the community right, right? and you yeah yeah sorry no Keep interrupting you no so we i don't know i don't know what what do i do what do you do i mean do we have to have sponsors or godparents do you want i i have an opinion about that go for it <laughs> <laughs> oh. well i hear so like i hear you because like i think that yeah there's this cultural weight and i guess i've realized like people i know i knew that already and then I guess the way that I think about, but I guess the way that I've, that I think about it now is that people bring like these layers of meaning to these things, right? And there's that culture weight of godparents. There's um, there's all these expectations built in, and then there's sometimes that thing that I want to teach people that I want that I want to kind of there's this meaning that I want to bring to the table, and I try to think about it now as like not trying to like push out their meaning, but just trying to create some space on the table for this other meaning. So stretch a little bit and include this meaning. So like I might say. Yeah, like you can do those two. Like your your cousin is a god godparent, um, but also can you pick one person that's maybe connected to the church? You don't have to do it that way, but like to say like I want to just kind of push stretch the meaning a little bit, rather than saying no, I don't want I don't want your meaning at the table, right? I'm gonna say no. You can like there's space for your meaning too, but I want to stretch it a little bit because that's my role as a teacher, right, in this community. Um, and I think the value, but to answer your specific question, I think like the value of, of having a sponsor, like even in the catechumenate, it's like to make that connection to the body of Christ, right? To make that connection that's beyond blood, that makes it, and it might be blood too. Like, I guess I shouldn't like, I shouldn't say it like that, but somehow to make that connection, right? There's that connecting piece. And that can also be a valuable thing for an infant growing up, right? To say like, there's this connector. We've identified this person to be a particularly important connector. Yeah, you know, because we, and I've seen that a lot with confirmation. Then they'll have, they'll have, um, they'll link them up with people to kind of guide them through the confirmation camp. Oh, almost in a catechumenate model there uh, to journey with. And, and I could see what, Matt where you would do that at baptism, and it could continue throughout their their life. Uh, you know, kind of their 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 formative years growing up in the church, uh, and and may be very beneficial to uh, to living out that life of faith. Um, you know, very practical. Zach, yeah. you, have, you know, you have to. I mean, in the liturgy of the ELW, the sponsors are the ones who who present. Uh, the parents don't present this person to baptism. And you know, I know you're you're a very uh, you know you're big in the catechumen and, and ritual there with the students. And you're right to, to uh, highlight the meaningfulness of this for your community. Um, and. Uh, and the the, the 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 presenter, you know, the, the, to, who's bringing them to those waters is not the parents in an infant baptism, for the from the right from the ELW. But uh, so for me, that 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 makes it hard to do away with that. Um, but I like the going toward the local community because then you know, then you, you get away from these folks presenting who have no connection to the community. So, I still have a, a problem we need to solve. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Hannah and I haven't gotten, like, way out in front of this thing uh, in, in terms of you planning. You got Facebook event. What else do you need? We, that's, I feel pretty good about getting a Facebook event together. <clears throat> um, so, uh, there's consensus, I think, in our, in our household uh, over, over who the godparents, who we'd like the godparents to be. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's you guys, right? We're three weeks away. I don't think you guys are going to be able to make it. You got things going on in your life. Uh, what do I do in the ritual about this problem? Skype. Can we, well, can Adam get the camera working? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I thought he was talking about Matt and Christina, but no, it's you two. (laughs) The two of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mostly because I hope to die, and then, yeah. until Adam broke my dream that you would not—I guess you guys aren't bound legally to to raise my child together. But I would want to spawn a sitcom where you guys live together and raise my child. Uh, oh, I would I would so be in on that sitcom. That could be that could be the next step with this pod. Yes. Oh, all it requires is my death. <laughs> we could just fake like, your death and. This is like full house, basically. Yes. Yes. So I thought you were kind of wrestling with like, 
the cultural weight piece of godparents and that that was like irritating you and you wanted to push back against it but it sounds like there's also like a practical like i mean we, we had to wrestle with that a bit i mean we haven't told anybody just the internet but yeah i mean the more immediate thing is what do i actually do in a couple of weeks what if I hired like two actors? <laughs> Nobody would know. John Stamos and <laughs> Dave Coulier. That's that's who you're gonna. Good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Olsen twins are available. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> They're not busy with Fuller House. They couldn't be bothered. Man. Are you gonna? Are you, so you're already in L.A. There, uh, Matt. Are you gonna? You gonna try to farm your daughters out to be one character on TV someday? Kyle oh Lacken. yeah. <laughs> they don't look the same. Unfortunately, that wouldn't. It would be. Oh okay. I know. That, that would think, be really neat, though. If they were identical. That would be. But this would be like really awkward. It would be like, what are they doing? Okay. Then this is an aside. Can we do an aside? And you can edit this out if this this is probably way off track. Leave it but in, Nick. So um, once in a while, we'll, we'll, there'll be like a, a tween show on like Disney where that, that Addie will catch like Saturday morning or something. And I swear there's one actress who's playing twins. So it's almost like what they do, but in reverse. What? Mm. All right, exactly. I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, because there are scenes where the, the, she's facing each other. I'm like, is that possible? Yeah, no, I, they probably do that. I don't know. They, they do it in the parent trap, so I guess so. Uh, Lindsay Lohan? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, Still haven't answered Zach's question. No. I know. Outside of hiring the cast of Full House. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had proxy... Um, I've had proxy godparents or sponsors in the past. Um, I mean, mine could be there present at mine, but there are people who are like, oh, my brother's going to do it, but he can't be there. And so, I mean, at some point, the, you know, there's the there's the ritual responsibility um, to, to present and, and promise, but then there's also the, you know, the relationship aspect. And so I don't know that it's, it's it's absolutely necessary. Um, I w- would make a good faith effort at being present as I'm able. I know that's the 26th. Yeah, that's the that's the night of the Oscars, man. I was gonna throw a party. Go on back. <laughs> well, maybe we could just do that instead. We have no friends. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I Facetime it though. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean. They- what if I could make it and then I could FaceTime him in? Would that be weird? It might be weird, but it'd be okay. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. I got it, guys. I got it. Ready? I'm pretty sure one of one of his uh, best man gifts was a bobblehead of himself. Can you ship that bobblehead uh, to Boulder? <laughs> yes. And we'll put, the, we'll put the bobblehead on the font. Does the bobblehead have a soul patch? For all of you, for all of you listening on the pod, he is now holding up a bobblehead of himself. And the way the way he has his beard immaculate today, it is a spitting image. <laughs> I'd like to provide some narration from earlier in the podcast when Adam was checking his calendar, uh, and I can't see it, but I can only imagine that Matt, that that Adam was definitely flipping through the little red book. Uh, <laughs> it's right here. I got it right here. I really? Yes. You know, you, you got the little red book. Well, did we solve that issue enough? Do you want to push it some more? Oh, I think we're. I feel. I feel solved. Adam's facetiming me right now. <laughs> so I have. <laughs> He's facetimed me. Uh, the his 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 little red book. Can I can I ask another follow up question then? Yeah, and then I have one for you guys at the end. Okay. So prep, so Adam was talking about baptismal prep. I'm like trying to figure that out. Yeah, so um, why are you thinking, do you want me to answer this FaceTime? <laughs> oh, nice, nicely done. 2017. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow, wow. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know. Did I use that the first year? Anyway, um, 
some things that you could put into your appointment book are baptismal prep classes. So, mm-hmm. like, I noticed my first couple of years in the parish that, like, I would do baptisms, and I just, like, I didn't have it all figured out. Um, I wasn't yet, you know, all catechumen at all, but I, like, would have, I'd have, like, a meeting with the parents, and then we'd do the baptism. But, like, nine out of my first ten baptisms would be like, I'd see that person for the baptism, and then we would literally, like, never see them again. Yep. And I was like, and, and it wasn't like they lived somewhere, like, and so I was like, well, like, God's still the actor, like, there's still positive things, but but that that was troubling, right? So I wanted to, like, think about, is there some way to, like, strengthen the connection? I, obviously, like, I don't have complete control over this, I can't force the person to keep coming, but, like, is there a better way to do this, I guess was my question. Um, right, so- last year, so... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Your thoughts? No, no, no. Yeah, but if if you go ahead, you can finish your thought if you want. Well, so so two things now. One, last year we did we did it during Lent. I had a I had several families. We actually did four baptisms at the one set of twins and then two others, and we did classes every week during Lent, and that was like basically the extent of it. But that was still much more than one meeting. Right now they were also like more. They were more grounded members anyway, so like I don't know if that really made a difference or if they were more consistent members anyway. But like at least I felt like I did. I feel like I did my job right. Like I felt like there was a positive aspect to that. Um, this year, what we're what I'm doing starting tomorrow actually is that we're gonna have like I, I've got again I've got a situation where I've got a couple of, of family looking for baptisms and their infants, and so we're gonna do like a new parents breakfast, and we're just gonna do that like. Not every week because it's like really hard because we're all super busy and it's crazy. But every month we're just gonna get together like once a month for like a new parents breakfast and we're also gonna talk about baptism. So it'll be like some commiserating about this common experience and then we're gonna connect and that that will be positive and helpful. So like, we'll see how that scenario goes. Um, That's what I've been trying. Uh, But Adam, it sounds like you're thinking about this too. So what, uh, what are you thinking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, was, I'm thinking how incredibly cute Thelma is. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so um, so I, I we tr- we started to try that um, because I I oftentimes wrestle with that too, and it was like the one off and things. So we, we're gonna try for a year doing baptism Sundays, and so we just put on the it's almost once a quarter plus the vigil on the calendar and so anybody interested in baptism i'm trying to get them to go to the kind of the next baptism sunday which would give me a chance to meet with them a little more intentionally like you're talking about now the first one was a was a, was a little botched my son being included in that i mean not not botched but just it wasn't what i had hoped it was going to be I'm like Zach uh, is saying, you know, slips away from you. Um, and because it was baptism of our Lord, which means it was in, through the Christmas Advent season. So that was hard. But the idea would be similar where you get people together. So they see again, they start to see and experience that community aspect. It, it, and it's another it's another way it's sort of trying to take the catechumenate model for infants, because that's, you know, that's the you know, I went to the the, the catechumenate. Um, the last big national retreat was here in Albuquerque, so I went because it was just, you know, two minutes church. Um, and so it was really cool and got some good ideas, but yeah, how do you translate that to the, the kind of the Lutheran practice of, of in? You just yeah. freaking do it. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to do, right? <laughs> so we're just trying to do it, right? And so, so we launched... You the mandate off and you say, I'm going to do baptisms once a year, deal with it, Right. So we've we've just we've decided we're going to do baptisms probably five times a year. Um, a little softer deal with it, but um, baptisms five times a year. And so uh, and so to offer some some stuff like you were talking about, Matt, to get on the way. Now, th- th- this was my experience. We had I had one kind of come off the street, which uh, happens less down here in Albuquerque, but I had one come off the street. And I always look for a relationship, uh, a relationship uh, to the parish already, or the or at least the um, the desire for one. Which people can lie to you, and then that's fine because you know they got to work through that. Um, and so the, the you know this couple came off the street. They just kind of called the church. Well, he was like. 
involved in years past with the Boy Scout troop that's connected to the church. So I thought, fine, they're aware of us because of that. You know, you always, you always figure God's working somehow. So uh, she came, they, they, they both, they all came to the thing and they were connected and it was fine and they were there for the baptism. And I had um, Pastor Matt, my, my colleague there, follow up with him because he, he does, he's tasked to do kind of outreach and, and new members and stuff. And so he, he said he called them and, and they were, they were like, oh, thanks for the call. It's great. Want to have nothing to do with the church right now. But if I ever come back to the church, I'm coming there. So it was one of those where we made a positive impression, even though they're wrestling and dealing with some stuff, but it was important to their family. So, you know, we, you, we can spend all our waking hours, you know, trying to figure this out and worry about it. And so I've largely just tried to put down some, this is how we're going to do it, live into that. And then, you know, let worrying about those details go because it hasn't been good for my health. How about like for your, so you said Bennett was a part of that first one that you did? Yeah. Were you guys a part of the, whatever the prep looked like? I mean, I, yeah. I guess as a pastor like you, but did your family participate in that as well? Uh, they, they did. Yeah. Um, that's where I, you know, probably would have done it differently uh, next time around, but they did. How would you do it differently? Um, again, it, it just, it, it, I was trying to, 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 to not rush it and it still seemed rushed and that was mostly on me and I will own that for the rest of my life but anyways um, <laughs> did you drown somebody accidentally what? I did not drown anyone no <laughs> okay it sounds pretty intense so are you doing prep too are you doing prep or are you like I already know all about this so I'm not I'm kind of uh, an expert in this uh, <laughs> he tells Hannah what's up did you do a Hannah did you do one with Hannah like <laughs> I know Adam said, talk to your spouse about this stuff. Uh, pretty sure the last thing on earth my spouse wants is me to tell her about baptism. Because uh, she has heard that more than once in her life. So for the, what we want more than anything out of this baptism is for uh, our daughter not to be, be raised in a single parent household. Uh, so we're trying to preserve the marriage as much as possible. That's that's smart. That's wise. Uh, learn from my mistakes. Yeah. So Laura said. <laughs> Laura said. Um. Inv you know, invite her and then ask her a bunch of questions in front of everybody. <laughs> that's what I did. We're still married. It's okay. Oh yeah. <sighs> that's good though. I'm glad to know that because I got to do one tomorrow. So I, don't ask Chris <laughs> questions. Well, yeah. Just don't put her on the spot. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, okay, are you guys have another follow up? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well. Um, so, like, thinking about when to do the baptism. So, Zach already has a date. This is my last question. So, if you guys are looking at the time, but like, so I haven't figured it out yet. Um, and I'm looking at a couple different things. I know, like, I just have some. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But Zach already has a date. So, how did you pick your date, Zach? More than anything. <laughs> I wanted my daughter to be baptized at the Easter Vigil. Uh, but there's cultural weight to baptism, and our families really wanted to be here, and my father-in-law could probably not, from North Carolina, could not be here and take off Easter. Uh, so I needed to find a white Family son. dynamic solved. <laughs> yeah, right? Adam, you're a genius. Um, like eloping. <laughs> a baptismal elope. Yeah, no, uh... As a bit of a baptismal purist, uh, wanted to find need to find a white Sunday, and baptismal <laughs> <laughs> purist or a whoa wait Steve yeah <laughs> wait no 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 what I quick aside Nick you can leave this in because it's it's a funny story uh, we have a student we have uh, what we call is Nick uh, listening right now yeah well not he's not live right now but he is so. Our group is bread and belonging, and we have uh, branches, we call them, which are like our smaller groups that are like offshoots of, of what we do. Uh, and one of our branches is LGBTQ plus SOF, uh, which is LGBTQ plus students of faith. Uh, and so they met last night, and what they do every month is they, they have a movie night. Uh, and last night's movie was fantastic. Uh, the trouble was in the advertising, because um, it's about a gay Muslim man who makes the Hajj. Uh, and it's called A Sinner in Mecca. And so our big poster that was the movie poster for a movie called A Sinner in Mecca uh, doesn't just communicate the things that you are thinking it does always. So, so life, is, life is hard. 
life is hard. I needed to find a baptismal festival, I think is what I was looking for. Uh, not as a purist looking for a white Sunday. Uh, so just, I mean, I didn't want to do it over Christmas. Like, like Adam said, right, there's issues around that. And I was traveling. I was in Chicago and stuff over New Year's uh, for baptism of our Lord. Uh, so it was um, Transfiguration is one of my favorite Sundays. Uh, so let's do it then. And it's a very boulderish thing. We go on top of the mountain. We uh, have hallucinations. We'll have and are you preaching? Sounds like you've already thought about it. I feel convicted to preach. Um, my baby is about to fall down the stairs. Oh, no. Go. Go. <laughs> so, Matt, while he's gone, let me tell you, um, um, with... Yeah. With uh, Addie, we, we did it on a Saturday night because at Our Saviors we had Saturday night worship already going and that way um, that way, some of my pastor friends uh, you know, from the area could be present. So Tim Brown came in and, and, uh, and some others that were otherwise busy on, on, um, on uh, Sunday. You know, and with Bennett, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of rushed to try to establish these Sundays. I, I fought hard for baptism of, of our Lord at the expense of actually really listening to my wife. And so, <laughs> um, and so you know, there's le- learning there. Um, uh, so I think the, 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 the forward planning is good, but uh, again, talk to your spouse. <laughs> Everybody's okay. Turns out my baby, like a velociraptor, can open the gates. Wow. Well, yeah, so, like, I'm wrestling with that, too. Like, I'm just – I also, like, really enjoy the Easter Vigil. But, again, like, last year, it was beautiful. I had these amazing pictures. It was, like, everything that I would have dreamed that I would want it to be, but it was the most stressful thing in the world. And there's – I don't know that I could get it to be that big again. Like, the bishop is not going to come back this year. I'm sure he's going somewhere else. And just, like, I don't know if I can get my community to get up for it. To that mm-hmm. level, because it just—it's so much work to really, to really do that well, especially when you're small. Like you got everything, kid. Um, and other challenge with Easter Vigil is like, we don't do so. Like I want to communicate this gathered community, but the problem with the Easter Vigil is that nobody shows up, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, some people do. We had a good crowd, but like, I worry that like it moves toward almost toward the private baptism piece. It does all these things I want it to do, but if the community doesn't come like well maybe makes more sense to do it on a sunday morning i'm starting to wrestle with that piece i don't know what i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but that's I mean, something i'm wrestling with. and then the other, um, sorry yeah go ahead no, as i said the other thing is don't again don't discount the fact that people will show up at the vigil only because your twins are being baptized mm. that's that's okay yeah you got some chips especially, especially if you're trying to establish the the, the vigil um last last year I, I you know i did the first easter vigil that they've ever done kind of as a vigil here at cross of hope and i had an adult baptism and a child baptism and um they turned you know we had the numbers we had because of those baptisms and i was unapologetic for it a lot of people learned and, and fell in love with it so you know don't discount that as well yeah i mean i think yeah I mean, that happened last year. Like, we had a huge crowd. We had, like, 100 people at the Easter Vigil. It was insane. But yeah. it was it was all families of the people being sure. baptized, which is fine. Like, there was po- all kinds of positive things about it. But I'm not going to get the gathered – I'm not going to get the normal assembly, right? And I'm – I don't know. It's a challenge. You're going to say something, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we've danced around a couple times. probably worth saying out loud. But from a Jacobian spirituality perspective – uh, it uh, the baptism of your child. How can you use that most effectively uh, to do other things as well, right? Yeah, but I did all that last year. Like almost did last year, and it didn't. And it didn't like it. It was really great, but like nobody cared about it as much as I did. Like even at the end of it, it wasn't like people were like, "Oh, that visual." Like it was like I was the one that it was important to me. And even at the end of it, like, I think it meant the most to me. Like, I, you know, it's so like, I don't know. I don't know that I want to, I don't know that I want to go through all of that again. I wonder if your community uh, is going to care more about your child's baptism than, than you are. Because uh, <laughs> I definitely feel right, maybe not because I'm in a different kind of setting and stuff, but there are other people for whom this baptism will probably mean more than it does uh, to me. I think it's going to be more to me. No, like, it is, like, it is a thing. Like, the reason that I talk about it, like, the family of God, it's, like, it's really, 
it's really nuts in my community and I don't know maybe it's like this in every community but it really blows me away that like babies get passed around on Sunday morning at my church like people just pass babies and now it's my kids they get like passed around I was at a conference meeting last night and I told the other pastors and one of them one of the interns was like what aren't you worried about germs and I was like uh I mean I guess that's just like what that's just like what my community does and there's a way in which like it's really beautiful. Like it's this beautiful like picture of it takes a village and that we're, that these kids do become a part of this thing. Um, so yeah, like I think it's, I think the baptism is probably like there. I'm sure that that will be important to my community, but I already know that my kids are important to my community and that's kind of mind blowing. Cause there's no, like there's no rational reason why they should matter. So Matt, what are you going to listen to after your child's <laughs> baptism? Wait, wait, wait. Did, did you have one more thing you wanted to add, Adam? You had like a thing you oh, wanted yeah. to add at the end? Oh, yeah. So this is a question, and it, 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 you may just edit it out because may, it may not be topical here. But at what age, at what age is a child or a young person able to make the, make the choice, say, I want to be baptized, this is something I want to do, uh, and, and answer for themselves? Ooh. Hot takes, hot takes. I would say if you're gonna, if you, if they're old enough that you would confirm them, then I would. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. That's my hot take. But maybe you have a different idea. Zach, mm, I think that's a hard one. <laughs> oh sure. I kind of want to say that it's either infant baptism or adult baptism. Uh huh. I think that's kind of where I'm leading. What do you do with confirmation? I don't do confirmation. You. Oh no! <laughs> I've never done confirmation, even as a parish pastor. So uh, yeah. I, don't need, I don't need it. You spent too much TV and our time on the local news. That's right. I, I had some really important columns to get into the Californian. I mean, I, I really think right. And here's I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deep here with some college student insight right uh james fowler back late 80s early 90s has the stages of faith development stuff that's still really good you might need to change some words because uh, i think it's more about worldview development and what he says is that um young people that like high schoolers and um and they they kind of start this in 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 middle school confirmation age-ish uh, they're in what he calls the third stage of development, which is where you're gaining your identity through your community's worldview. That's, I think, what confirmation does. And that the movement from stage three to stage four, which is where I think in campus ministry I encounter most students, is through the process of learning that that worldview is not perfect, uh, of running into the places where that worldview fails to take into account uh, the perspectives, the views, the faiths of others. Um, and that that movement is this this period of reassembling uh, your worldview, your faith out of the broken pieces of stage three. I think baptism is an excellent ritual way to do that work in stage in that movement from three to four. And I think that that if possible, I want to hold I want to be able to do that work with folks there so that up to that point, because it's that community identity piece, I think it should come from the community. What do you think, Adam? Who, who's right? <laughs> I think that that's a perfect. Laura is right. That's the answer. Uh, Laura is uh, right. Well, always, but that's the perfect place to to pull the to have Nick push the slider up on the exit music of the pod, whatever that is, and let our listeners chew. Uh, let our listeners chew mm. on that. But until next time, I like. It. I mean, after hearing Zach's answer, like I guess I think that like, I mean, I go back to what you said a couple times, Adam, which is that like. Um, that God is still the actor. So they're like, whenever you do, like, no matter when you do it, God's right. still the actor. It's still valid. It'll still be good. Yeah, um, well, I and- know that. But so, so my, my, the, the, the experience that, 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 that comes from is I have an, a nine-year-old who, um, his dad, his grandpa wanted him to be baptized. His mom, who's not, who I have no relationship with, I've never met. Um, I apparently did not want him to be baptized and he was kind of caught in the middle. He's an active member of the, the community. And the, the thing that finally, uh, uh, pushed me to, to just go ahead and, and be okay doing it is he said that he, he, he has expressed the desire to be baptized. And he had done that with me already too. And he said he, he feels left out. 
because huh. you know we, we do make such a big deal out. and so that that that's what kind of uh, you know finally for me because i had you know i we're doing the same thing with communion when do you commune kids um you know some say second grade whatever the class is some say fifth grade whatever the class is um you know i always went with peter perel who is uh, my friend from uh, Arlington Heights? I uh, used to be the director of worship for the ELCA. Had, had would commune his infant son as soon as he was able to to eat. Um, I think along the same lines of of you know, and and so I did a whole sermon. Um, <laughs> there he goes, Well, uh, and I was early on here at Cross of Hope, and I said, you know, kids. They, they, they might not know what communion means, but they definitely know when they're being left out. And so, I, again, I don't know orth, as far as Orthodox or where that lies, but, um, you know, I, I, have, I have come to mostly err on the side of doing. <laughs> if you will. I like that, though, that you're drawing that connection to, like, to communion, that you would, like, commune as soon as they can eat solid food. I mean, like, what's keeping them? And to have the same principle with our other sacrament. That's, well, a, that's, that's, a, that's interesting. For me, that's that mystagogical approach that Saturday brought up with us, and you know, in his in his uh, studies and kind of um, realm, and you know, and that is that I think you know, the, I don't I don't find any any harm, and Luther and, and and other of our colleagues may argue this you know very well, um, but that is you know I, I really think that you know starting to do it with the community. And still offering education. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's not in lieu of me teaching about it in classes or something. But, you know, there's an experiential piece that if they start doing it and then we teach from that, I find very valid as well. So I don't know. There's things that I'm wrestling with, too. But uh, this has been fun. Yeah, like that's and and I really I guess that's the thing that I'd really love to see us like because Zach always wants to push the, the prep. I think the catechumenal piece and I, and I do, and I do hear that. Cause like one of the things that I'll tell kids even in confirmation is that like, so this is affirmation and baptism and this might be the first time you affirm your baptism, but it, it shouldn't, it won't be, the, it probably won't be the last, you know, or it doesn't need to be the last. You might right. go through the next stage of your faith development. You affirm your baptism again. You might become a part of another church and you'll do it again. And if there's some way that we could begin to recover that as a church, like it, when we're going through an important moment in our lives that we're able to go through a similar kind of process, that would be a helpful thing for the church to recover, you know, oh, no matter yeah. what baptism moment happens if we yeah. can recover that um baptismal journey at different times and places in our lives that's a we need to do that <laughs> yeah, dude, i just i had a um a youth a high school senior who um had into drugs and went to a uh, kind of a e-free-ish rehab program off-site and you know was saved and all this. Other. So it was, it was a good experience in that she got clean and came back and she wanted to be baptized again. Cause that's what they do. And so I said, well, no, it won't baptize again, but we can do an affirmation of baptism. She's like, yeah, that's great. So we, we use that. So she, she gave this testimony of her experience, you know, hitting rock bottom and, and reclaiming this relationship with God. And, and, and then, and then we had a very, very powerful Affirmation of baptism using the same right that we you know we think is reserved for confirmation, and so I mean that that is just a, a, a beautiful experience for me, exactly of what you're just talking about there, and reclaiming that uh, that right of, of of affirmation. You know, and and, and we talk and preach a lot about a daily living out our baptism, daily being renewed in in that, and Luther does all the time, and um and to do that corporately and publicly, either as a, as a community or as individuals at points in their life, like you said, I think would be very powerful and beautiful uh, and is very in line with the catechumenate. Good question. Mm-hmm. Guys, man, this is going to be you the best. You know, you know why, don't you? Because I'm a lead pastor. <laughs> that was a lead pastor question. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it. I dropped my mic over here. Uh, did you drop it on your red book? <clears throat> what are we listening to? What are we listening to? Oh, man. We are definitely listening to a uh, Lutheran artist. Uh, a Lutheran artist. A Lutheran, Lutheran artist? artist. Brandy Carlisle. She's not uh, Lutheran once. Yeah, worships at uh, my colleague, our colleague, I suppose, uh, friend of the pod, been on the pod before, Elizabeth Rawlings, the campus pastor in Seattle at UW. Uh, says that uh, she appears fairly regularly in one of the church, Lutheran churches in Seattle uh, and that Elizabeth is always terrified to go preach at that church uh, because she's terrified that Brandy Carla might be there listening. 
Uh, and she's terrified because Brandi Carlisle is an incredible songwriter. And off of her latest album, The Firewatcher's Daughter, uh, there's a beautiful song called Wilder, uh, in parentheses, We're Chained. Uh, it's got some really really nice lyrics, right? Some nice wordplay. You came into the world with eyes as clear as water, but you didn't look a thing like your grandmother's daughter. With a heart so heavy and beating like a drum, yet neither did you look like your grandfather's son. But we're chained. When everything else changes, our love will stay the same. Boom! Brandy Carlisle. Wow. Wilder. It's like a uh, really stylized version and a really much hipper version of John Yvoslocker's Borning Cry. <laughs> Don't you love that song? I love. Can we is is Yvoslocker on Spotify? Can we put him on the playlist this week? <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, well, you know, I had this whole playlist figured out, but I feel like I need to add to it a song by Percy Sledge called When a Man. <laughs> That's who did that song, right? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think so. Because Adam brought this up, and I really just appreciate you bringing that aspect of baptism mm-hmm. to this conversation. That was real. That was incarnational. Incarnational. What a name, too, Percy Sledge. <laughs> it's a great name. Adam, are you still there? Oh, I'm here. I'm just listening, listening carefully. What's on your <laughs> What's on your "I'm Baptizing My Child" playlist? Whatever Matt Cato sends me. <laughs> so, what was originally what Adam thinks about his uh, his contribution to the playlist? Uh, I also like. I have a Family of God playlist, so like family related songs. And Chris and my favorite family song is Family Business by Kanye West from the College Dropout, which is still his best album. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. Talks about, uh, even talks about bedwetting, which is pretty awesome. So it's really like the most down to earth Kanye song. And it's this beautiful picture of a family, um, his extended family getting together and all the things that drive him crazy, but all the things that he loves. And uh, it's just, just this beautiful picture that we really love. And that. And I, and I guess I've really come to to think about church with that uh, with that family image. For all the problems that there are in the family image, um, in my community, that's the one that really resonates the most. Okay, Adam, I stalled for time for you. What song would you like to contribute to the playlist? Was that a real thing? I wasn't prepared for that at all. I know you weren't. That's why we're putting you on the spot. Just like you put <laughs> on the spot in her baptismal class, I am putting you Hot pot is revenge. revenge. <laughs> I feel like you guys need a bunch of sound effect buttons to to, to, to press at various times. Nick works it in. Okay. Post, yeah. So wait, what was the what's the question? So it's song for baptism. Yeah. So like, what we do on the pod <laughs> is that we try to think of like a. I don't know if you know Matt, but Adam listens every week. Every week, I know, I know. Um, we try, we try to think, we try to make a playlist for the for the lectionary for that week. So, it's a song, but and like a hymn of the day, but it's not necessarily one that's out of like the ELW, right? It's, it might be like a pop song, it might be, uh, you know, a secular song, but something that for you somehow spiritual res- spiritually resonates with uh, with either the text that we're talking about or the topic that we're talking about. So, um, so yeah, if there are songs that if there's a song that um, matches how you think about baptism. I would love to know what that is. Oh, Lord, I see. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you not walk around all the time thinking about what songs are, are would best soundtrack this moment in your life? That's not how you, how you live your day to day life. Yeah, not as much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, baptism song, huh? I mean, is it is it is it one that you have to you have to like? Do you put it on an actual playlist? It goes on Spotify. The one that I have an emotional connection from a liturgical sense or from a, 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 a worship sense is the old Dakota Road baptized. Hmm. Uh, 
And so I don't know that that's accessible for what you want, but that's uh, that's one that I used to play with my dad as a, as a as a as a young guy. And it's um, you guys know Dakota Rhodes, uh, you know, from the seventies or something. I think had a uh, kind of like Lutheran Lutheran praise What's and worship. Uh-huh. What it's called baptized. What's I the name of the song? I think it's baptized. Okay. They do have an album on Spotify. Do that. Is that one of the song titles? No, but but it's good. To, but we'll get Dakota Road on the playlist for sure. Any, and this, there, the song that we should look up on YouTube is like it's called it's called Baptized by Dakota Road. And you used to play with your dad? Yeah. So I mean, so when I was when I was uh, you know growing up, I played drums and he was at the he was uh, played bass and usually the music leader for stuff at camp or at church and things. And so it's it's a fun little song, but it, it's theologically uh, uh, spot on in, in, in so many ways when, when a lot of stuff that I find isn't. And so it's a little nerdy of me, probably. But uh, that's that's the thing that emotionally comes to mind when it, in terms of baptism. I so much so that I, I um, they didn't play it anymore at, at, at Cross of Hope, and and so then I kept bugging them about it, and so then they've they've dusted it off. <laughs> you can make that happen because you're a lead pastor. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so. I got one more to add uh, from from good friend of the pod, John Hyatt. Uh, the river knows your name. Woo! Oh, the, the river, river knows your name. Knows your name. From the Brazos to the blah, 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 to the same. I don't know my Texas rivers very well. But beautiful song about how the river knows your name. Oh, goodness gracious. Adam, thank you for uh, guesting on the pod today, taking this much time out of your um, parenting and lead pastoring schedule. We appreciate <laughs> it. You got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I want to see your face, though, because I want to know if you have a soul patch. I do not. We don't How know. do I know? <laughs> he did FaceTime you concurrently to the you know? Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I know. It's, there's a red book. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like the Phantom of the Opera, but it's like a... Oh. I try to be. Uh, try to maintain some level of mystery. <laughs> Maintained. You done recording now? Pretty much. Adam, I was going to tell you about what's coming up on the pod, though. Oh, okay, good. Please do. We got a big get. We've booked a bit, another big guest. He's no lead pastor. But <laughs> the director of worship for the ELCA, Kevin Strickland, coming on the pod in a few weeks to help Matt and I settle another big question. Uh, is Epiphany a season or is it a day? It's a day. You didn't even <laughs> <him up>. <laughs> <laughs> But all the texts are about light. Yeah, conveniently in the season after Epiphany. <laughs> it's ordinary time. It's green. He's going to tell you the same thing. I'll save you all. I'll save you 80 minutes. Well, we know the answer. We want to know why. Oh, okay. I see. And should it? What should it be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the Episcopalians do a whole season of Epiphany. You're on The Vital Preacher where we answer the questions that everyone is asking. <laughs> that at least three people have ever <laughs> thought to ask. Oh, my goodness. It's been real. It's been real, you guys. I uh, I know this is too much work for Nick to do, but I'd really like it if this this episode led with a a modified version of uh, Kelly's Osborne uh, Kelly Osborne's edition version of Preacher Don't uh, Daddy is it Papa Don't Preach? There we go, Papa Don't Preach, uh, where she says like I'm keeping my baby, uh, but I'd like it changed to I'm baptizing my baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but this podcast will be entitled TGIF Full Rectory. Full <laughs> Rectory. <laughs>